staying with the hottest team in hockey right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We're going to go to Jimmy Ralph, color analyst, Toronto Maple Leafs. Where's Sammy? Ba- bathroom break? <laughs> Where? What are you doing? You're hiding on me. You're on mute, too. I'm just sitting just... in my chair. All right. <laughs> okay. Literally sitting here, pal. I don't know. Sometimes you just disappear on me, and I think it's just the the Mexican that you had the night before. <laughs> you're, you're fine, though, right? It's a show theme, Sammy not being able to make All it right. to the 4 o'clock hour. All right, where's Ralphie? Are you finding him, or no, is he there? Here, we got him. Oh, you had to listen to all that? Yeah, you guys you guys have got to work that out. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? You enjoying this recent run? Is it too early for you to let MLSE know what your ring size is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd get a ring. Yeah. <laughs> is that in your contract, you and Joe Bone, we get Stanley Cup rings? No, my contract says I'm good till Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and then you renegotiate on the weekend. Well, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do you no. make? What do you make out of all this? Yeah, I, I think they've. You know, even though it's still early, and and let's face it, they're they're going to have a. You know, hopefully it's kept like a four or five game, a little mini slump, and we're going to start to question everybody again, and uh, and all that, but. It's uh, like I said, I, I like how they've won. And that's, you know, the, the big guys have come through. Uh, Jack Campbell doesn't have to stop 50 shots every night to win, but he'll make those three or four important saves uh, to allow them the opportunity. And uh, I mean, that fourth line has been a lot of fun to watch, you know, the last couple of weeks as well. So, you know, all the things that you sort of looked at, I mean, you know, defensively, you know, you, you saw the, the speed of Colorado expose them a little bit defensively at times last night. But uh, I think that is, is maybe, you know, the blue line is the only thing that you say, you know, it might be able to be tweaked, you know, going forward. But everything else is they're going on all cylinders. I mean, you've watched this Toronto Maple Leafs team for a long time. This Matthews-Marner connection, when they're on, like they've been on, like last night was dazzling, was it not? Have you, have you seen something like that in your previous times and years covering hockey here? No, I mean, there, there would be the odd time... Um, McGillney and Matt Sunday never played together. Oh. Uh, it, it didn't work much until overtime. And you would see it some, that's the closest that I can, I can think. But, uh, you know, whenever you see what Mitch Marner does, uh, all you can think of is, is some kid throwing his controller at the TV screen, playing the video game, saying that's, you know, that's crap. That shouldn't happen. <laughs> you know, he's just, uh, he's that good, you know, and, and, you know, to see Matthew score off the wing last night for his third goal, uh, that's a little more how you know we've been used to seeing him score. Although uh, nothing wrong with uh, wrapping in the the four or five footers, but but I mean the, the one where he made the move in front of the net was uh, I mean you just shake your head at it. You're, you're going as as much as Connor McDavid could bring you out of your seat. You look at that and say, wow. I mean that uh, there aren't a lot of highlights that look like that. We just talked to uh, Sheldon Keep, and one of the things that he said is managing certain players here and certainly when you've won your what last five games by three or four more uh, three or mm-hmm. more, three more more goals, goals yeah. it gives you a great comfort to know that you don't have to you don't have to stretch those guys to 23 24 minutes um at the same time with jack campbell with peter Morazic coming back ralphie how, how do you see that ultimately playing out here this is jack's net i don't think he wants to give it up in terms of having Mrazek come in more than just giving him a night off. Yeah, I, I think it's it's got to be sort of a three-to-one uh, ratio. I think, uh, I don't think there's any question who the number one goalie is. Um, you know, you hope that Peter Mrazek can come up with some quality starts, but uh, I don't see a scenario uh, unless, heaven forbid, a, an injury to Jack Campbell, where Peter Morazic is going to be given the opportunity to run with it. I think from a league standpoint, you look at what Campbell did last year, and he continues to do it this year, that it's, uh, I don't think it's worth trying to disrupt the balance of the uh, the team right now. So, yeah, I, I think it's, and then if, you know, Morazic ends up hurt again, I think Joe Wall's done a pretty nice job of saying that uh, he could be a, a reliable alternate. 
Ralphie, does it feel different this time? Like, is there, you know, Sammy's buddies aren't quite buying in. They believe this is a good team, but it's, you know, they, they won't really believe like they can get it done in playoffs until it actually happens. Do you get the vibe that it could be different this and, time? And keep in mind that Sammy and his friends, they've uh, been really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know those, uh, those scars run deep. But the... Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I like how they've done it. Uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, a lot of panic in the game, but they're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, no different than, uh, you know, the Red Wings in the 90s had great teams, but until they finally won in the playoffs, uh, they were just a, a talented, really good regular season team. So uh, I think a lot of teams are in that category that until you win it, uh, you know, prove it to me. And let's face it, coming into this year, everybody thought, well, without Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell's never proven himself over the course of the long regular season before. So maybe they've already addressed that question. Uh, they're going to have to wait a few months to address the other one. So uh, the other thing, Ralphie, is they're not spending a lot of time uh, in their own zone. Uh, ultimately, do you see a defense looking a little different by the first round of the playoffs? If so, what is it? What is the need in your opinion? I'd say probably a Zach Bogosian type, you know, a guy that's a, a bit of a slug that, uh, God, you know, you can throw didn't in. Didn't they and, just have him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Tampa wanted him back too, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe something like that. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see what's available when you get down to around the trade deadline and everything. But the um, yeah, it, it's hard to be critical of a team that has is, is accomplished what they have. Uh, and by the way, I'm just thrilled that the Sheldon Keefe opened for me today. <laughs> he was great. You know what? He, he was good because he gave us a good topic to discuss. He said the one thing that they're looking at internally are breakouts. That's the one place that he still thinks that they can be better at. And sometimes when they get caught in their own zone, it's at the root of some of their issues. Uh, looking at their decor there, is uh, anyone seem better or worse at that? Is there an area amongst the six guys or seven guys that, that you say, okay, well, if the breakouts are dying, it's on this guy's stick? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, if, if you've got some teams that are so good on the forecheck and so fast that uh, they're going to give any defense trouble. Uh, what I do like, though, is um, uh, they've really gotten away from the stretch pass. You know, where you've got the forward waiting up at the mm-hmm. boards on the blue line. And the defenseman fires that seventy-five footer that's either just tipped into the zone or goes for icing. You know, and I think they've done a really good job of getting away from that. And um, even though you don't want to go, uh, you know, run and gun with a team like Colorado, uh, I thought last night was pretty good for the Leafs from a breakout standpoint. You know, as as much as we are now in this puck possession era, I I, I have no doubt in saying this: they are the best dump and chase team in the league. Take a real good look at how many right decisions they've made. And again, this is, I think, credit to Sheldon Keefe, that if they cannot have a clean entry, if they cannot feel like they can get the puck in and hold on to it, they will put it in deep and they will forecheck the crap out of you. And and that that really, Kipper, is what, what has been missing the last two or three years. You know that that option, and and you're starting to see as well. Like probably in the last two or three weeks, all of a sudden they're getting the ugly goals on on deflections and rebounds in front, whereas before it always had to be a highlight reel goal, whether it was on the power play or, or five on five. And uh, you know the skilled guys are still making that happen. But uh, you're right. You know they they dump and chase, they get it back, and, and I think it's time too to say that. Um, you know, Michael Bunting is is growing into the the role with uh, with Marner and Matthews, and it doesn't take a whole lot to remember Mike Babcock really sparring with the media about Zach Hyman being on the, the one of the top lines. Uh, everybody thought he wasn't skilled enough, he wasn't fast enough, and yet, you know, after after a year and a half, all of a sudden, you know, Zach Hyman seemed to be as important as the big boys. So, yeah, uh, I think Michael Bunting has really started to you know, find his way, even, you know, in the the Matthews goal where he, he dragged it across in front of that. Bunting got in on the four check. Bunting tipped it to Mitch Marner, and it's in the back of the net. So I think that's, uh, you know, from early in the year when you had all these experiments and, and Richie didn't work early on, uh, I think they've really found something now with uh, 
uh, with bunting with uh, Matthews and Marner. Yeah, I got a bit of a theory on Zach Hyman where his his career took off and went to another level when when Babcock got fired, and he was he was the ultimate dump and chase guy, and. The moment he left, I think whether it was Sheldon or Brendan or somebody else, but they encouraged him to make plays, to hold on to the puck, and you can do a lot more. And I don't know if you saw the goal he scored last night, but it was it was pretty special where he came on and was off wing, cut across, and buried one. But uh, and and whatever you know the case is, similar bunting now is encouraged to go and make plays, and uh, it, it's worked out well. Yeah, but isn't it, isn't it great now that even that line has the option that if you don't have a, a clear path into the zone, dump it in and, and you know there's going to be a battle for it and, and bunting is, is going to give you a great chance of getting the puck back. Like I said, I, I just think that they're they're doing a lot of things, you know, from scoring on rebounds to, like you said, uh, dump and chase and get the puck back. Uh, I think that's what's been impressive with this is, you know, the skill game is still there. Uh, the talent is still there, but, but now they're using other weapons uh, that may not be as pretty sometimes, but uh, when you talk about how little space there is in the postseason and, uh, you know, how how you have to, to engage in battles and, and win them to win a playoff series, uh, I think it's at least a step, and it's it's encouraging to see this early on. I've seen your, your knuckles. I think you're like a, a 13, size 13 ring. <laughs> you're going to have to... Fire an email over there. See if anyone knows who I am. <laughs> <laughs> we know who you are, Jim Ralph. Thanks for thanks for uh, spending a little time with us, pal. All right, Kipper. Thanks, Barney. Thanks, Ralphie. Radio color analyst for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jim Ralph. Do you, do you not? Uh, I don't know. Can you look up? Is there stats for that? Is there dump and chase yes, stats? Yes, they're the best team in the neutral zone in the NHL. You're right. Your eye test is exactly right. They don't turn the puck over in the neutral zone. And not only that, they have they have amongst the the best stars in the world in stealing pucks. Matthews and Marner, and again last night is a prime example uh, where they can not only get in on the four check, but they can they can they can get the puck. They can turn it over and yeah. and make threatening plays. They can, but you know who can't? Tavares needs to stop trying to pick up guys on the back check. When he's going the wrong way, and he's not catching anyone by moving his feet, and he keeps taking penalties. Why are you being so critical right now? I know. He d- I, I did feel a thing. Like he's, I, feel <laughs> like, I feel like he's taken that exact penalty like four or five times this year, That's where he's right. on the backside of yes. guys and lifts, gets up into the hands. I remember there was one where he actually got mad. It was like on the empty net, remember? Yeah, and dude. he was like screaming. At it was the his ref. second one of the game, so he clearly has at least three of yeah. these this year. Yeah, but this season's but a joke. Tavares taking come penalties. Come on, guys. Uh, I, I thought a camp had a bad period yesterday. Holy. I did. Totally Mr. critical. Mr. Negative. Okay, but you got to understand, too, like some of these guys, they come in and, uh, like, first 20 games, he's been so good and so intense that there there, there will be some oh, nights yeah. when it's just not there. There's a reason he doesn't make 8 million, there, right? Yeah. Right? There's just not there. And, you know, if if he can just look a little bad on, on, on reset games. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. And by the way, the, the play that sticks out in my mind is that McKinnon beat him down the wall at the end of the first period. You know, <laughs> like McKinnon so, beats a lot of guys down the wall. So we, I've got the text line open at all times, but we do usually do our, our texts on Friday. But, I, you know, we've been talking about if Leaf fans believe and all that sort of stuff here. Got an interesting text from somebody here that says, I hate to pump the brakes, but last year the Leafs had a dominant regular season, 35-14 and 14 record. They were six in the goals against, had similar defensive goaltending analytics. Is that true? And Matthews was dominant. It is way, way, way too early to say whether this team is better structured to win in the playoffs. Love the show. Daniel from Toronto. Yeah, listen. What do you want, Daniel? We know this. We, 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 we're not. I'm just saying that. We're like, not handing not out Stanley Cups in November. In we do joke around with that, but we know it's true. But there is enough to say that this team should be in another position. And they were last year. They were in a similar position where they they had a red carpet, guys. They had the carpet of the Montreal Canadiens to go to a Stanley Cup final. They got beat by one guy, Carey Price. How much worse does it look now that the Habs are Oh, awful? my God, so much okay. worse. And they're going to get another crack at this. And to the 
the the point that he just made, there, there are no sure bets. And if it's one thing I can tell you is that there are two seasons. There are There is the regular season and there is the real season. And the intensity that will come upon quickly from puck drop in that first round, there's nothing in the regular season that can match it. Nothing. We just know that they have, there's enough proof like last year where they should be in a position to be favorites. Yeah, but you know what? I, I look at the regular season, and the regular season provides moments that give you a glimpse into playoff hockey. One of them, quite frankly, is supposed to be when a team like Colorado comes to your house. Yeah, but uh, we didn't get it last night because of because goal of tending. a goaltender. Yeah, we didn't get it because of goaltending through the score all out of whack, which changes the game state and the way everyone plays. No, it, it it almost ruins it. it. It's like when you're playing like drop, and you're like, "Can we quit bringing that guy's little brother for a goalie? Like, we can't even get a real game going." I know. No offense to the guy, you know, I just going so, on last night's performance. Yeah. I don't know anything you don't about wanna, him. It, it's hard to say that without taking something away from the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you don't want to necessarily do that. But All you can we are well of aware of it. Yeah. We are. That there, it's a different feel. It's a different attitude. Guys tighten up. And all of that comes into play. You know what? You know what I look for, Kipper, is like when... You ha- this is actually a Leaf-specific thing that I look for, is like when they have the lead and they're up 3 nothing, and you start to feel it slipping away, do they have people... Last night, we didn't get the answer because Dermot scored and killed it. But like, do they have the answer to stop the panic? When the panic sets in and starting to slip away from you, you're in a position where you should be winning and the game's getting away. Do you have the guys to just take it? Take it, go the other way and stop it and, and kill things? Because I've seen that in the playoffs, that when it's starting to get away from them... It just keeps slipping through their fingers. It's a great point. We talked to Jimmy Ralph moments ago, and we, we just said, okay, that blue line. And what would you do? He mentioned Zach Bogosian. I'm not even sure Zach Bogosian would be enough. Like, go back last year. Tampa Bay Lightning. Look at that blue line going into the stretch. Yeah. Headman. McDonough, Sergachev, uh, Chernak. Let me tell you right now. Okay. Hold yeah, on for yeah, a second. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Okay. okay. You, th- that's going in to the trade deadline. You know what they do? They go spend a first rounder on David Savard. Yep. Okay. That, that's a top four defenseman on any other team except Tampa Bay's. And they felt the need to do that. After falling short. Look at the Leaf blue line and compare it to the Stanley Cup champions defense prior to trading for David Savard. I'm not sure that the Leaf blue line with even adding a Bogosian will be enough to win a Stanley Cup. So is this you saying you think that this team is not physically built enough come playoff time? I just look at what won last year okay. and the blue line that you had to have oh, to win a Stanley Cup and the fact that you traded... And then traded, this summer because <laughs> they were like, we want more of that. We lost Savard. And you gave up a first rounder for David Savard who you played like a five or six just to solidify that you're deep enough. And to your point, if I can back you up because I agree with you in, in this. I agree with you come playoffs. This is an area where I have concern I think, you know, we had Elliot on yesterday. I said, is this what this team looks like after the, the trade deadline? And he was like, he didn't even hesitate. No. He didn't no. even let you finish. No. I, he really, he was like, no, there's going to be changes. And it's not because they don't think this is a good hockey team. It's because Elliot thinks that the team sees a lot of what all of us see, which is that you're going to need a little bit of... <clears throat> and that, like, they're not spending that much time. And it, it's the perfect storm right now. They're winning all the draws. Uh, even prior to last night, they're not even taking any penalties. They're not even taxed on least penalized team in the NHL on, right on, now. A, on a penalty but they have kill been for years. So I think last night was they had four last night. They gave up the one power play goal, but uh, I think they took four penalties, which is probably three more than they've averaged in the last <laughs> yeah. uh, three weeks. But there's just it's perfect right now. But I just don't see a blue line right now that can take punishment every other night. Right. In a Stanley Cup so number f- scenario, number four. unless you get some real help back there. Yes. 
no, I agree. Number four on Sarah Valley's trade deadline or board trade board is Justin Hall. And I don't think it's because they want to get rid of Hall over Dermot or over Lilligren. I think it's because other teams covet Hall the most so they can get the most return. And then you got to find someone. An upgrade. An upgrade. Because mm-hmm. I will say, if there's a, a recurring theme when the mics aren't on with, our, with the group here, it's Sammy, you being like, I don't know about the Hall this mm-hmm. year. You know, and I and, still feel that way. Yeah. Even last night, both the goals, he I mean, the one in front of the net where Kadri was scored was a weird one, but he was battling. And then the other one, he was standing there looking at it. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I hate to pick on the guy, but I just, every night I, I, gotta, I worry I gotta, about him. I got to say that my Twitter feed did call us saying that the Leafs are soft uh, on today's show. But, you know, it's it's where we're at so in reality. My, okay, so we're talking about Leaf fans here and, you know, feeling if it's different. My biggest fear is that this team, like, they are absolutely rolling right now. There's no debate. Like, they're just, a, like I yeah. said, one of the best teams in the league. But then they kind of get into this mode where, you know, maybe they keep winning at this pace, but not this pace, but they're they're winning at a high clip, and they go into the sort of, you know, these not meaningless games, but games where it's kind of hard to, you know, not get up for, but, like, it's going towards the playoffs, but you're kind of clinched the division or you're close to clinching the you're division. You're going to have to sell the division. The number one seed is being so crucial if you're Sheldon. That's what you got. That's what you're coaching, right? Because yeah. it's like you go, remember what happened to Tampa? That's an extreme example. I'm not going to say that's what's going to happen, but they had that unbelievable regular season where they beat everybody. How many points they have? Didn't they set the record or close yeah, 126, to? 26, I think. And they go and they get swept in the first round by Columbus. Like, you like having towards the end of the year something to play for, something to kind of keep you engaged in playoff style hockey. And the way that it's going right now is that this is going to, this is pretty obviously a playoff team. I do have concerns about that. Is that a fair concern, do you think? It is, but it's, uncon- it's uncontrollable. Yeah, it's a good point. It is un, you, you cannot forecast it. You can't manipulate it. You can't, you just have to let it be. It's, it's as natural, and you just deal with it. And if you run away with it, you run away with it. There's just no way that you can you can control that. That is beyond your control. Particularly in a COVID year. Like, the luck of staying healthy and, and yeah, all that. It's not like you're going to be like, hey, guys, go throw a few so we can drop down the seat. I yeah, understand yeah. that. But, like, yeah, the no, mentality is concerning as a fan. What do you have as a percentage of them winning the President's Trophy? 40% chance it happens? 30? Hope not. You don't want it to happen? No. Too much pressure. <laughs> Listen, When's the last I, time the President's go, Trophy go, team won the cup? Go go look Tampa at probably, look, I don't know. Go look at the year we had in New York in 1994 and we were a first place team. We won the President's Trophy. Keenan hated our team. Look at the changes that we made at the deadline as a top team. Yeah. Cuz he just did not like the makeup. Yeah. And out went some pretty talented, skilled players like Antonio Monte, and came in a little bit heavier and grittier with the Noonans and the Matos, and uh, we're like, "What the hell?" Like yeah, we just we're spent good. we spent fifty five games, we're in first place, and out revolving door, and it's like, yeah, boys, playoffs are different. It's a different look. It's a different feel. That's one truism today that, you know, maintains over the past 30, 40, however many years, like playoffs being a different thing. Do you have an answer for that, Sammy? I think the the, the Caps won in 2017. That sounds they right. won the Cup. Yeah. Yeah, they won the President's Trophy that year. 2018 maybe? Yeah, yeah, around there. The one thing I can say about the Leafs in the past anyways, I, I, I mean, we'll see how this thing plays out, but it's, it's a common thing to say. Don't fall in love with your team. Mm-hmm. Ever. So good, though. <laughs> in November. I, I just, in the I, month of November. It's, they're a true pleasure to watch. I love watching my favorite hockey team dominate on a night-to-night basis. Just remember this But feeling. April is looming in my mind. No matter what. Just, it's, it's November or December, and Sammy, it's looming. You'll always have November. Nobody, it's like when we won the Cup of 94, nobody can ever take it away from us. Nobody can t- ever take, take away your November. November. That was your 12th in November. Best in Leafs Make history. Make t-shirts right now. Oh, my God. November's Best done. Best month in Leafs history. Okay, only two losses in the month of November. You throw that in anyone's face. By the way, I was thinking uh, you asked Jim Ralph what his ring size is, and I was thinking, like, you have to have won a Stanley Cup to know your ring size. You could have told me they're sized in letters or quarter. What do you say? He was a 13? I wouldn't have a clue what a ring size is. If they do win the Stanley Cup, I am barring you from buying a replica Stanley Cup ring. I already have a, a Raptors replica ring. Uh, see, that pisses me off. Why? Because you 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 didn't play. 
No, you're right. <laughs> you're not a player. Correct. Okay. And despite my size, I am not very good at hoops. When I started hearing, like, the dentist got a Stanley Cup ring. Yeah. That really you, irks me. What do you think of the broadcasters? Like, you know, even Jim Ralph to get one. Is that is that? A, I is don't that, know. Yeah, like, it's just, it's. I'll tell you that you all know something. Should, when I was in the video to, It should coach, go to the players and, and, and certain people in the organization. I was I was told that were I an AHL video coach and the Leafs had won the cup, I would have gotten a ring that far down yeah. the organization. I was like, well, that's a joke. I think it just I, really? I think it, I yeah. think it just lessens the the feel of it if you just if you look around and everybody's got one. For sure, it, it just takes a, it takes away something from the players. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally agree. I definitely should not have were that to have been the case. Sammy, I'll allow you to buy a hat and a T-shirt. Thank you. No, I appreciate no, that. we'll do him one better. I will buy you a hat and a oh, T-shirt. Oh, thanks, guys. Thank you. And uh, all of this is, of course, God forbid. You know, God forbid they ever win the cup, you know. Praise to the hockey gods. <laughs> all right. After the break, we're going to check in with uh, Johnny Boy from uh, ESPN. Bucci. Johnny Bucci Gross is up next on Real Kipper and Born. The code word for today's episode to text 59590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Blue Jackets tickets on December 7th is icing. As advertised, John Butchagross, NHL on ESPN, is right back on the Real Kipper and Bourne show. How are you, Butchie? Doing well, boys. I, last time I was on, I talked to you off the Maple Leaf ledge. I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the exact words you used, but you were. Everything will be fine. Oh, was that it? That was it. They can win the Stanley Cup. Everything will be fine. See, it's a good thing I had six concussions during my career because you could be right for all <laughs> I know. I am right. Um, Justin, was there any one particular word? He may have used. Oh, we were talking about, yeah, I, I think he did say playoff-wise that they were frauds. Uh, I believe frauds was the word, but I, I, Oh, chokers. chokers. No, I said that, that, that was the narrative. That, that that's was the narrative. right. That's right. Okay. okay. That's right. It wasn't my word. I, I, I've never called them <laughs> okay, that. Okay, so. A young team trying to find their way. So what is the narrative today? About the Maple, with yeah, the Maple Leafs? Sure. Has it changed well, or is it still, know, is it still I, out there? No, I think. That's still going to remain, especially for the haters. You know, they're, they're going to say, well, show it to me in the playoffs. That's going to be the line until April or May. Looks like it's going to be April. First, we thought it was going to be May when the playoffs begin. But if we don't go to the Olympics, then the playoffs will begin in April like they normally do. Otherwise, it was going to be May 4th. Um, so, yeah, so that, that will be, you know, are they a regular season team? Yeah, you can fly around like that and score eight goals during, uh, you know, and in December, but, you know, come playoff time, it's different, and can they make that adjustment and blah, 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 blue, blue, blue. <laughs> but I, be, I believe I believe they can. I'm just saying most, you know, the, the people who, the haters, and maybe even some of the lovers of the Maple Leafs, that's probably in the back of their mind, right? Yeah, no, that is a constant theme here, is is this team legit come playoff time? No one really cares. Well, I shouldn't say no one cares, but it's certainly, uh, yeah, they're, they're yet yeah. to be believed. So uh, yeah. we were curious for you, how, how are things going so far? You know, back at it in the ESPN this, uh, this season, you guys have a, a different, um, you know, sort of delivery mechanism this season, a lot of it through ESPN Plus, some on TV as well. H how has it gone so far for you, Bucci? I don't think anyone cares what I think about me and my life, but it's going great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, getting, you know, hitting the road, doing play-by-play. Um, you know, going around, seeing the players and, and the GMs and the coaches and being in the rink and, and scream and score. And it's like, it's like a dream come true. You know, when I was a little kid, I would turn the sound down on the TV and do play by play of hockey games. And I would, I was on my dad's hip and we'd listen to games on the radio because there weren't many games on television in the seventies and eighties in the United States. So we'd listen to a lot of games on the radio. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. And to do that, I just did the point. That's our hour long hockey talk show on Thursday afternoons and um, do some wraps of games where you know, in between periods doing that tomorrow night with Dominic Moore, former Ranger. And we'll do We'll be in between period of a game. And then the post game show in the crease, where we do highlights of every game every night on ESPN plus. So yeah, we're trying to grow the streaming service. Um, not as many games on ESPN and ABC until football is over. Football devours everything in the United States. It's, it's a content King and, it's uh, we have to wait till it's over. So after that, then you'll start seeing more games on linear TV, as they call it, 
ESPN, ABC, while the plus games will continue to be there all year long. So we know how you feel about our producer Sammy's beloved Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, but at the quarter poll, uh, have you seen enough from the rest of the league to separate pretenders for uh, from contenders? Uh, what's, what teams have stood out for you? Yeah, not quite. I think that's what's been the fun part of the league. Uh, we've had some surprising teams do well, Anaheim, um, and some teams that are obviously shocking, they're doing terribly, like the Islanders. Um, the Bruins look like they might be an average team now, as as they've aged and not supplemented with young players and lost some people, like you know, Tuca and Krejci. And um, so, you know, Colorado hasn't quite got their uh, bearings yet. McKinnon injury and is trying to come together. Um, I still believe in them. That that blue line looks frightening to me. I can't believe watching Bo Byram skate that they would have a guy who could skate as well as Kel McCarr. But that guy's a freak. Love watching him skate last night against Toronto. Wow. Go, you know, you go Girardi and him and McCarr and you get, you know, Johnson and Johnson on the as five and six and Taves is like a high level defenseman. I still think if they can get going at a bottom six guy, um, Imagine if they had like Claude Giroux at the deadline in Colorado, you know, um, just, I, I just, I still think they're kind of the team to kind of look at here, but yeah, I love the surprising teams. You know, what I like too, is I was talking to an, an assistant coach and it's interesting how the styles of the conferences have flipped mm-hmm. the East coast. The Eastern conference is like a track meet up and down go. And I think that's why maybe the Islanders and the flyers are struggling. They look slow at times and the West is more get it behind the D plod a little bit. And that's kind of interesting uh, to me how that's kind of flipped. Yeah, it's been inter- It's been fascinating to watch. I, I am interested in your comments on uh, Boston. Um, you know, they they are seemingly a step behind where they've been in the past. And uh, you know, right now we hear that Jake DeBrusque is rumored to be on the market. Um, you know, do you think that this is a team that can get a turnaround? The, the DeBrusque thing in particular does stand out for me. But what is the expectation for them long term? Obviously, slow start. Yeah, well, the first line is so elite. Still might be the best. They dominate five on five. They're so good. Obviously, they, they, they both kill penalties and they're on the power play. Marchand, you know, in my mind, is a top five to ten player in the league because he does everything for the team, including energize and agitate and score and set up and kill penalties and inspire. He's, you know, his fitness levels off the charts. He's just amazing locker room guy. Completely reverential and deferential to uh, to Patrice Bergeron. That gives him so much support in the room when your best player loves the captain like he loves Bergeron. Um, and Pasternak is starting to go now to me he looked really average at the start he's starting to fly because you know he needs to be elite for them to be elite is, is Pasternak uh, but then after that it's like weather lines two three and four um, they, I, I always thought David Krejci would have been missed he makes his line mates better some centers do that I thought they thought maybe Taylor Hall could drive that line without Krejci but he really hasn't done that um, you know so lines two through two four look very average after McAvoy you know, the D is, you know, seems like it's a kind of a work in pro- project, uh, and, uh, you know, a work in progress. I love Grizzlick and, and McAvoy, but, and then of course they went with a, a new goalie and a young goalie. And, and that's always, you know, you never know for sure. So they've just been an average team. They're kind of on that Eastern conference bubble with Detroit. Again, Detroit's better, but there's, you know, they're still missing a few, but yeah, I just think Boston, uh, they're not going to be in the top three in their division. So they're going to, you know, I think Florida, Tampa Bay and Toronto are a, a, a nice step ahead of Boston. And so they're going to have to fight for that last wild card with those teams from the other conference. If, if, I think there's a real threat. They're going to miss the playoffs. Which yeah, absolutely. Would, yeah, if, if you're if you're fighting for a wild card, yeah, that's possible. And, and if that's the case, then you have no idea if Bergeron's going to come back or not. Retires nope. is is the talk. Yep. Brad Marchand would be what next year, uh, thirty four years of age, and yep. now all of a sudden, you know, is there a clean? Is it time to regroup here? You know, do they bring Cassidy yep. back? Does Don Sweeney keep his job here? This is this is a real critical uh, stretch here, I think, in the next two or three weeks for the Boston Bruins on what what their team in the next few years could even look like. It is. They don't have a lot coming. Studnika looks like he could be a good player. You know, they wanted to keep him a top six in the minors. They didn't want him to start the year three or four in in, in Boston. They'd rather have him in Providence, keep working on his game. He does look a little better. Um, you know, the thing is, because Pasternak and Marchand are so cheap, for at least for a couple more years, 
Um, it is a free agent destination. Players like being there. They like living in the North End, walking to the rink, Boston's original six. Um, it's, a, it's a cool city. So, you know, they could attract, for sure, UFAs if they get to that point. But you're right. They could also trade Pasternacker Marchand because they have huge value because they have years on their contract with a ridiculously low cap number in the sixes, you know. So uh, it would be a hard decision to make on what do we look like in four years or just we continue to support that top line. Can we convince Bergeron to do a one-year contract and then try to go get go UFA fishing, try to lose some of these contracts that haven't worked out, Hala. Um, Polino's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, the young guys just haven't quite clicked and, and, and stuck in the bottom six, uh, really almost, almost bottom nine now. You know, the rely, is Coyle a second-line center? Is he more a third-line center on a good team? So, yeah, there's some... There's some questions there with the Bruins. So looking at that, uh, the Bruins, I was thinking about Marchand and his recent suspensions. And, you know, we, we were talking yesterday about, yep. you know, some of the suspensions in general. There was the biting one recently. And Kipper and I got off on a, a conversation about this on some of the audio that's come out. You know, there, there was no audio from Rod Rindemore's fine, but the audio of Tanev telling uh, Skinner that, you know, he sucks at hockey and, you know, <laughs> how'd you get that deal? <laughs> how'd what, you get that contract? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What are your thoughts on us hearing stuff like this down at ice? level on player audio i'm someone who thinks it's part of the fan experience kipper less so thinks that you know unless the players are paid or aware that they're going to be mic'd up what are your thoughts on on us hearing players on the ice in game yeah i i I probably skew a hair more towards kipper i do think there's kind of like a a little bit of a privacy thing because they are playing a extremely dangerous game where you need to be competitive a little angry, a little temperamental in order to do well and to survive and to succeed. You're going to snap. We've all played sports. You know, we've all played multiple sports, and no game makes you more angry and than hockey. No game tests your temper like hockey. It is the most frustrating uh, game of them all because it's so difficult. It takes so much competitiveness, again, just to survive and to deal with slashes and pain and to get where you want to go. And so you're going to say some things that you regret. So now if we pick and choose and stuff, like I, I think the TANF stuff was fine. You know, mm-hmm. and that's just fun, funny chirping. And I don't, think, I don't think either player probably cares that much about that one. But we could run into things where it does get kind of personal and, and maybe they'd rather not hear that. So, you know, that's often the case, like with those, you know, those behind-the-scene things on HBO where the NHL has to approve certain locker room talks and certain things. And, you know, the, the going back to, you know, the, the hard knocks for NFL, same thing. And how much do we let go? And just like coaches, uh, when they're uh, huddles in the NBA, they play it first. And the NBA says, okay, that's okay. No, we don't want that in there. You know, whether it's strategy or whether it's something that's offensive. So, so yeah, it, it's a fine line. We want to bring the game closer. Closer. I think that's kind of the Tanev stuff was good because that's like, and, and you guys know that's the stuff we heard from players having a beer at a bar. Those right. amazing stories and what was said. Now the fans are starting to hear it, and but it, it's a tricky one because something's going to be said with those hot mics that's going to get a guy suspended. One for Kipper, zero Aww, for JB <laughs> on that one. And uh, <laughs> Bucci, do you remember the the boys on the bus, the Edmonton Oilers? Um, they did a, a documentary, and it was it was it was fantastic. But um, you know, the, the players have gone way beyond in the last few years with the access. It's been it's been pretty incredible. Uh, has it been enough to move the needle for for you know maybe even more so down in the yeah, states well, than in Canada? Well, there's so much high expectation with that stuff. It kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of going back, you know, to the reality show era that we're in. You know, uh, what was the MTV show that really started it all back in the early '90s? That and I watched it. I forget the uh, Survivor name of that show. No, they put like eight people in a house, eight oh, young people, eight college kids. Not Big Brother. This is way back. I said you guys are too <laughs> you're too young. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah, it was the original MTV kind of uh, kind of reality show with young people and like they all stay like at a, at a beachside hotel. But yeah, then, then then you have Big Brother and then you have Survivor. So yeah, so we're kind of in that all access era and and obviously celebrities with their own Instagram and social media hand, and things can really handle that themselves and really take people inside. So, yeah, so it, it, that's a, an interesting point. Like, how much can you really show but before you're, oh, we have to go in the shower now? Is that what we're going to do? Like, how, you know, how close can you get? And uh, so I, I think when you keep pushing and, and people keep demanding more, in the end, the game's the thing. 
You know, the competition is the thing. The final score is the thing. The other stuff is good, but, you know, is that really going to create a fan? Um, in the end, the game has to sustain. Now, I fell in love with the game, again, from listening to the radio, watching on TV, Peter Puck. You know, that, that's what kind of got me in there. As a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, 14-year-old, I, I, if Phil Esposito was mic'd and he's out with Wayne Cashman, you know, do, drinking tequila in the, in the, <laughs> at the South End, I, I don't think that would have hooked me to hockey. Yeah, fair enough. By the way, the show is The Real World, I think. Did I get, get it this the time? The Real World. Uh, Sam the Real World. Producer. And I did watch, like, the first few seasons of my early 20s. Yeah. Well, That's what, where it started, The Real World. What is fascinating is, like, I do this for a living, and if you rolled, put every NHL player in a screen and asked me to give you their name, I might be 50%. Like, it is a fascinating sport because we don't see the guys' faces the way you do in other sports. Is there something more we could or should be doing to bring these fan, the fans, the personalities that a lot of these players do have behind the scenes no you're right whether it's you know, having a player you know like I, I thought about you know like at the start of the game have the players introduce themselves for the starting lineup just to hear them talk like you right. said we, we really don't especially here in the states we don't know what Connor mcdavid's voice sounds like because <laughs> we don't run sound bites of them you know and and austin matthews like down here there's not a lot of that where let's just hear the guys talk that's what, that's what was cool about the ovechkin backstrom commercial that was a commercial with nhl players without their uniforms on that was rare. Like we're always sticking their gear on to do a commercial. It's like, let's show them in their real clothes and a real sitting, having cereal on a couch. That's what made that spot really cool is that they really could identify with them. So I'm sure that that spot alone, I mean, Ovechkin's already recognizable, but I'm sure a lot of people would recognize Nicholas Backstrom just because that commercial. So it's about commercials and just, yeah, having the players talk and speak. So as those of us who do games down here, the more we can just hear those guys talk and hear their voices, a quick conversation, even to just say their name. Because uh, you know, a lot of the NFL is the same way. Even though it's massively popular, I can't name seven offensive linemen. I don't know who the guard is right. for the San Francisco 49. You know what I mean? You know like five players on each team, skills, skill positions, guys. And even Matthew Judon, I wouldn't recognize him if he walked down the street. The Patriots, you know, free agent they signed this year, and he's having a great year for the surprising Patriots. So I think all sports suffer from that a little bit. The, it's becoming more and more, you know, about only a few hours athletes that we talk about over and over again. Hey, Bucci, I, I want to get your thoughts on, on what's going on uh, with Major League Baseball, only as it pertains to, uh, you know, hockey in many ways in terms of, I, I know it's the off season, and a lot of people believe by April they'll be back in spring training and playing, but is there a thought that uh, it could get so personal, especially in the States, that, these guys are greedy bastards making 40 and $50 million a year. And I prefer watching the hockey players now or making, you know, five or, <laughs> and, and 30% on escrow. Is there any chance that, you know, hockey can somehow gain um, because they have uh, labor peace uh, in the next few years, or is it just too far separated? Yeah. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, like, you know, if, if there was no spring training in March and maybe the, the season got delayed a month in April, and but again, it, it, could we have playoff games then or not? Um, maybe, but you know, I don't think, but I don't think baseball, regular season baseball is such a, is such a big television imprint anymore. Um, I know we show fewer and fewer games here at ESPN where we basically got out of the business except for Sunday night baseball. Uh, we don't show a lot because the numbers just aren't there. The demographics just aren't there. Um, so I don't think baseball on TV in the regular season is going to affect the hockey fan that much. And, and in terms of attitudes, I'm the player six, eight, nine, 10 million, still a lot of money. Jack Hughes, eight times eight, the latest one. So they're starting hockey players are starting to do better. Younger. They're getting those kind of max deals for their next contract. Uh, the bridge is kind of becoming extinct. Um, it's going to make the league younger and younger and make it tougher for players over 30. So um, it's uh, I, I think the fans, they still think that's a lot of money. <laughs> hockey players yeah, are making no doubt right no doubt Bucci thank you so much for your time really appreciate it anytime boys love you peace thanks Bucci John Bucci Gross from NHL on ESPN so just to carry on a little bit of that uh Justin Bourne attitude on we need more from the players we mm -hmm. need to know exactly what's going on with them Sammy do we have the the clip of Austin Matthews being asked we do what he's doing on his off day. Let's, Let's have, have a listen. How do you, how do you blow up team? What do you do tomorrow? Uh, 
I think that's none of your business. <laughs> no, uh, just relax, hang out. Uh, like, like, none of your business. I don't know. Maybe I got a girlfriend. What's it to you, Co- man? Exactly. <laughs> you know, Come you want to follow me home? <laughs> Couple things about that clip. This First is, thing, Sammy, he's hanging out with Jason Spencer too much. That laugh is sounding like he's hanging out with Jason Spencer. Oh. <laughs> this is where, like, the Leaf media is out of hand. Well, I mean, they laughed at that joke like he's George Carlin up there. Like, it's like, <laughs> Jesus, man. His laugh, just... his laugh took everybody off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> but if he had no laugh and he said it's straight face. Yeah, it is none there, of your there's, business. There's a different feel oh, for yeah. that. Oh, yeah. But how much is enough? Well, it's enough with guys like Austin, because that's all it is. The league picks like three guys. I shouldn't say the league does it, but for whatever natural sorting reasons, there's like three guys we know everything about. And then, yeah, it's like... Uh, I loved his answer. Here's the thing, though. You know you Kelmar Carr very well? Every time these guys go up there, and like, I don't know even who asked that question, but like, I kind of respect it, you know? They're answering the question about, like, he got mad about 5-on-5 scoring. You're asking him about the same things every day. Mm-hmm. Just maybe throw him a curveball. Maybe he gives you a great thing, like he's going to see a movie or he's going to see something, like, something different, you know? Like, I've always I've always thought that when they used to ask, remember when they asked Popovich on the sidelines? When they'd be like, hey, what would you think about that, that zone defense they're playing? And he'd be like, I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> one time when he'd be like, what's your favorite wine? Yeah. What's your favorite, you know, movie? Color. Like, something. Well, that's the thing. I will say media constantly gets leaned on for like, ah, not asking the tough questions. Like, dude, I do this every day. Take a night off. What do you mean? From media entirely? Just just one last question. That's all. Yeah, that's fair. Just one last question. You don't have to bombard them every night with until it's completely exhausted. It's like, I'm 24. I'm super rich. I'd rather just hide a little. I, I get I'm going to need some Tim Beebs and play Tim, Fortnite. Yeah. I, I, I get you have a job to do, and I get that you have to find something a little different, an angle, what, whatever the case is. Yeah. But some nights you just got to go home and say, eh, I didn't have to ask that. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> fair okay. enough. Uh, speaking of uh, American hockey players, uh, Jack Eichel on the ice wearing a Vegas Golden Knights practice jersey, skating around. Skating, looking very Jack Eichel-like. Not heavy, but striding. What is was, is what he was... on real ice or artificial ice? No, real ice with a real helmet and a real shoulder pads <laughs> and jersey. And... When's he supposed to come back? Not, not replacement ice? No. <laughs> real ice. Okay. You, you, know, you know what the ice uh, is like in those he's parts co- of the world? He's coming. Well, though, I was just going to say, uh, I was going to give us a segue to the ice in, in Las Vegas to the ice in Arizona. Which may not be well, there. Hold on, I just want to get into Jack a little bit. Still, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's clear how he feels about getting ready for the Olympics. This is. You think he's going to try to get ready for the Olympics? Oh, a hundred percent. Oh boy, how would Look, you feel about that if you're Vegas? You make that big investment. He goes and plays. It's December. You got all this month and all next month. He's got a new disc in his neck. Mm. Oh, he's got two months. Two months to get ready for the Olympics. He's going to come home with half a disc and, and I'll COVID. And I'll tell you another guy who wants... <laughs> Knock on wood. Who, who wants a piece of the Olympics. Carey Price. Oh, yeah? Yes. I'm sorry, what? Carey Price. He, he wants oh. to play in the Olympics. Is that right? Yeah. I don't know if it'll get there. The issue is now he's still got health issues. And I'm not talking about mental health issues. That, right. That pulled him away for a month. But... Physically, he's still not right. Hips? No, knee. Knee. And while he was away on his one month, there, was, there wasn't uh, any therapy. There was, not, mm-hmm. there was not to work on his body. So right. they're, they're in catch-up mode. I don't know if there's going to be enough time for Carey Price. But he's got to pass uh, no one. That's who. He just, if, if, if there's enough time for him to get ready... I really believe that he'd like a shot at being wow. the one of the three. And this is really going to also kind of factor in on the Montreal Canadiens and where they go in the next few years with Carey Price. And he he is a tradable commodity for the Montreal Canadiens, but it may have to come down to Montreal eating two or three million dollars. You get Carey Price in the ballpark of seven and a half million dollars, he's a very tradable asset yeah and if he by chance gets in 
the Olympics and has a, a good showing, that would put him in play as early as this trade deadline. Really? I mean, he's that's really interesting stuff, Juicy. Kipper. Wow. Um, Carey Price, tradable this year. So his contract's still 2025-26 at $10.5 million. Eat a few mil. Yeah. Yeah. Tough, though, for any real contender to even add seven. Oh, I guess this season, though, it's it's a lot less, right? Because they've already played half the year by the time you get to the deadline. You'd have to bring the contract down. There's no question yeah. that no one wants to take the 10 and a half. Would you want to see him first if you're a team? I guess if he goes to the Olympics. You'll... If he can get himself in a position uh, that he can kind of play a few games with the Montreal Canadiens, then it would be up to Doug Armstrong and his team to say, you're one of three. Maybe you don't start. Maybe you work you work the situation in. We can all recall that in 2010 in Vancouver, it was Luongo who finished for the gold medal game, not Marty Brodeur. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily know how it's going to play out, but the word is that Kerry would, in a perfect world, if, if, the, if his body allows it, would like to take a shot at being one of the three goalies for Team Canada. Interesting. I don't think it's taking a shot. If he's healthy and ready and he's on the team. If he's got an 890 save percentage in 10 games, is, is he on yes, the team? for sure. I think so, too. For sure. Like, I mean, he's obviously everyone knows he's the best goalie. Like, he uh, look what he did last year. You put him behind what's going to be one of the better rosters in the history of hockey. Way you go. That, that can- Canadian decor, though, is going to be pretty up the ice. Like, look yeah, at our best they're, events. They're going to be moving the puck a little. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, he might see some grade A attempts. We're going to need some goaltending. They're just going to have the puck the entire game. Well, you better hope so. They're going to be playing Sheldon Keefe hockey out there. Food for thought anyways. Loved it. Thanks for that. My brain's very hungry. Put that on the show plan next time so I could brace myself. Yeah. What else we got? The Ottawa Senators? Here's now? what we got. Well, what about uh, Arizona? I got to talk about Arizona. Arizona, the rumor today, there's a tweet, right, that um, they're for sale again and that uh, the plan or idea would be for someone to buy them and move them to a new arena in Houston. What do we make of that information? Any truth to that? Or do you I'm, think that's just the more common Arizona? I'm play? always one that believes where there's a, a little bit of smoke, there's a little bit of a fire. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there's I – don't, I don't believe for one second that uh, that it's written in stone that this team is, is staying. I, it, it's, we've heard this for how many years now, 15? Yes. Well, how many years have they been there? And, I mean, and it's always uh, Elmer's glue and some popsicle sticks that keep this team together in Arizona. Like, I would love for there to be a happy ending here. They get a new barn. It's in yeah. Scottsdale area. Well, you're, you're, you're just, uh, you throw, get a new barn out there like it's like right. grabbing a coffee. It's and, just a quick bill. Who's got a quick bill for us? Th- there's, no, there's no appetite for new arenas, I can assure you. In, in, uh, in Arizona? Just look at Seattle and how over they went in a, Finishing out that that uh, rebuild on the key, what did they call it in Seattle? Key Arena. Yeah, Key Arena. Now it's Climate Pledge Arena. Like they, it, the rumor has been the last little while that Arizona had a beat on a uh, on a new rink. I think uh, near the international airport, and I think people are coming out saying, "No, I think the planes are like 400 feet from the roof. It's not happening, <laughs> right?" <laughs> It's like Sky Harbor uh, Arena. They they have no home. They're leaving Glendale. They have no home. And I believe they don't have anything concrete in terms of anywhere. I'm so sick of this. So it, I know. I, I, and I'm not sure where the appetite is in Houston as well. They've got their NBA team. They stink. Worst team in the league right now. We just give it to Quebec City already where the passion's at. Honestly. If I have to Honestly. go, let's send him to, oh, why don't you try Atlanta again, Gary? Or yes. why don't you try somewhere in the set? Like, Gary's looking at Hamilton and going, are you guys kidding me? Well, Beat it. Bring, is... it. bring it to Markham. Bring it to another, I want another Toronto team so bad. Oh, uh, then you're like in that, that 70s song, Torn no. Between Two no. Lovers. I want the, I want the dynamic. Like a fool. No, I want the <laughs> dynamic of being the Clippers and the Lakers or having like the, the Yankees and the Mets. And being the fan of the the true team from here, I don't want. There's the waterfront jumping. property that we can develop here, is there not? Yeah. All right, Sammy. I don't want to envision you hating another Toronto team. I don't. 
I would. Oh, you would love them. They'd be like green and white St. Pat's style or something. They'd They'd be called the Huskies. You'd love them in 10 minutes. Guaranteed least favorite team in the league immediately. (laughs) There's just no way that would ever happen. Another team here? No, it can happen, right? Not under Gary Bettman's watch. Okay, so it can happen. But wouldn't the could the Leafs put the kibosh on it? I would think that would be the number one reason. Well, you pay him, right? There is no amount of money the MLC needs. They don't to, want to take four hundred million dollars to to, 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 sh- to slice any of their pie. Yeah, just, I think the the pie just grows though, does it not? People are sick of the I, I Leafs. I believe and, so. And, you know, if you how about could ticket prices? No, they'd still be a million dollars for the next. <laughs> yeah. There is no chance at all today that the Islanders would get a team beside the New York Rangers today. Yeah. Not a chance. New Jersey or the Islanders, I think, would, would come into play. I wonder legally, though, like what rights do you have to your area? Where are your, where's your jurisdiction it's end? It's always you can say? been gray. I think it's always been gray. Because, you know, if you're any – if I just – what rights do the Leafs have that they can't? There can't be another team within how far? I don't. I genuinely don't know. Not on the Lakeshore. I think that'd probably be too close. <laughs> if you can hit a five iron there, it's not okay. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, so. regardless, Gary Batman in the league and thirty-one owners have a headache on their hands. Speaking again, of headaches, again, again, yeah. for the tenth time in the last fifteen years, we're doing uh, this. Again. I don't even want to talk about it. Let's let that be the last time for a while. Okay. How about the uh, the Ottawa Senators, Kipper? Have you followed what's going on there? Things are good. Oh my gosh! Since the the rebuild's been over, oh, right now they are. Let me just sort the sort the standings by points percentage. They're oh thirty second. And there's a sense now that Dorian and uh, Pierre Maguire nowhere to be found. Not you know no no follow ups. No, yeah. it's really been on uh, DJ Smith. Just out to, there wearing it every day. That's what Chicago every did day. to Colton before they fired him, eh? Just trot him out in front of the firing squad every right. day. The whole Matt Murray scenario, how I think Matt Murray said that uh, he had yet to have spoken to his general manager. That's correct. Ian when he said reported that. That's brutal. Just brutal. Um, speaking of brutal, can I read you who the Senators play in the month of December? Here are the hockey teams the Ottawa Senators currently in last place have to play this next month. Carolina, Colorado, Islanders, Tampa Bay, Florida, Tampa Bay, Boston, St. Louis, Carolina, Washington, Boston, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Oh, my. How many wins are you expecting? Good Lord. What do they have now? Four? They have four. Yeah, okay, sneak six. one out in that stretch. They go to six. I did skip the Devils were in there once. I but the Devils aren't them. terrible. No. Yeah. I mean, they're going to. That's a brutal month. Just a brutal month. Oh, maybe Shane Wright will look good in red and black. Make it fun for Toronto fans having to go back and forth. A couple of superstars. That nobody saw that coming. Them being this bad. Yes. I was watching. You know, Luke Shen walks Alex Formanton last I night. Formanton has two goals this well, season, I think. Last year, you know, towards the end. Of, I mean, the, towards the end of last year, in the North Division, didn't really exist. It was just the hockey was so kind of bad, I, I guess. But they were they made progress. They were of all the teams the Leafs played towards the end of that weird season. They gave them the pluckiest time. They had some. They were had a pretty good record towards the end of the year. There was some progress, and they have just fallen off a cliff. The, the problem is, is outside of their young draft picks, they can't get anybody to want to go there and, and play. Yeah. And look at their pickups. They're on, like waiver pickups. Mm-hmm. That's the best they can do. God, that scored for them last night and, before giving one right back. But and you know, again, you want to be in a scenario where you attract free agents year after year. Would you want to sign there knowing how how, how Matt chance. Murray just got treated? No. Like N-O. Not a chance you would want to go there. No. Sucks their save percentage is killing them too. They they you know the Murray thing obviously is related. But you're right, Kipper. It's... Look at that defense though. Outside of Thomas Shabbat. What do you got? Like, yes, Mete just got danced by JT Miller. Zoobs. Or Zoob. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's ish. good. Okay, I, think. Uh, I think. Someone yeah. told me he was good once, so yeah. it's not pretty. It's Zaitsev. not pretty. Yeah. It's not pretty. Yeah, they got a team save percentage of uh, of 90% roughly. The only teams worse are Colorado and the Seattle Kraken getting terrible goaltending, which is not part of the plan this year for Seattle. And um, Bucci brought this up, but what did you guys think of uh, 
the signing in New Jersey with Hughes at six or eight times eight. I don't see any way that that not isn't an absolute bargain for them. I think this guy is a I think, player. I think you're right, and I think it could be. I just what's he played? Don't get it. I don't get the sense of urgency on it. Do you think there was a real chance that his eight can turn to nine or ten anytime soon? Come on. You're right. Where's if, if he's exceptional, maybe you owe him eight, five, or nine. Where's the rush? I guess they just fully believe. You know, right now he's played roughly, Sammy, 110 games in the league. That many? And how many goals? 15? Oh, no, it's it's 19. No, oh 21. Gosh. 21 goals. 21 goals. That's good. That's good work if you can get it. Oh that is God. really good. Well, but he's on a, a point-per-game pace, three points in three games this year, Like boys. him. Like him. <laughs> That's I think a lot of money. Fitzgerald kind of buckled a little bit too soon. Jumped the gun there, yeah, eh? Just, no, not a, not a real sense of urgency there. Man, but good for him. I'd take eight by eight. Yeah, we'd right all quick. take it. Yep. We'd all take it. Fun show today, guys. Uh, good stuff. Sheldon was good. Ralphie, Bucci, good show. All right. JB, thanks as always, pal. You too, buddy. All right. Sammy McKee, Derek, our tech guy, Brendale, thank you very much. We're right back at it tomorrow to finish off a great week. You've been listening to Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.